It's an all-new season of the Football NYC Big Blue Breakdown podcast on YesNetwork.com. Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy of BigBlueInteractive.com give the best Giants analysis week to week. And now, Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Football NYC's Big Blue Breakdown podcast. Joe Callow from the Yes Network along with Eric Kennedy from the Big Blue Interactive website. And it's a number one fan message board on the web for Giant fans looking for information, looking for some scoops, and looking for some overall happy news because the New York Giants were nothing but impressive going up to Lambeau Field and playing the All-American great Aaron Rodgers, and all you heard about all week was how Aaron Rodgers is this, Aaron Rodgers is that, and I tell you what, the Giants just, I love the focus going into the game. I've, I've loved the focus ever since the playoffs started with this team, but I don't think we could have ever expected the outcome of the game on Sunday, Eric. Yeah, this is unbelievable. They, they just keep it going, and it was a 17-point spread there in the points, and you know I don't think even most optimistic Giants fans expected to kind of you know, walk away with this game, and it might have been even um, more lopsided had the officials not gotten involved and, and with some very questionable calls, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But, yeah, they, they are just an extremely focused team. Um, I think they were a little bit fortunate to run into a, a Packers team that wasn't firing on all cylinders, but you have to give the Giants credit. They you know, they played well in all three phases of the game for the most part. And and the Packer Nation has to be hating the Giants because this is the second time they've done this in the playoffs now in five years with them. And one was the NFC Championship game and that, that they were penciled in to go to the Super Bowl. And you've got to think after the Saints were knocked out that the the uh, Packers felt you know they were a shoe-in to repeat this year. Yeah, and when we talked about the game last week, we talked about how Aaron Rodgers was just going to be itching to get in there and to show America what they haven't seen in the last month. And I think the Giants did a brilliant job on the first drive holding them to a field goal. And sure, Aaron Rodgers was off on a couple of passes here and there, but he did some scrambling. He got some first downs. If they needed nine yards, he got ten. If he needed six, they got seven. But, I mean, he's just very frustrating to watch if you're a Giant fan, seeing him get these first downs. But I thought the Giants just did a very good job in maintaining a close game in the first half. And, of course, what happened just before the half, I thought with Ahmad Bradshaw running out of bounds and the Hail Mary pass to Hakeem Nix really was such a positive sign for the Giants going into the locker room. And then I just think in the second half we saw the Giants pass rush, we saw Giants football, and this was a team that was so focused going into it but it just looked like the confidence never left no matter what Green Bay was doing, even though they had some bad calls in the game. I mean, really terrible calls. Uh, you know, you never saw the focus you know, being lost by the Giants, and that was very impressive. Yeah, the, the key, I think, on the first drive was this. I, I think as the game went on, the Packers got more and more frustrated, and I think our defense actually played better as the game went along. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to be – and I got a, got a lot of grief about this on the website this week – that we really dodged a bullet on that first drive when Rodgers overthrew a receiver that could have waltzed into the end zone. I, I thought that was a big miss for him. And then at the end of the half, that Hail Mary um, really, really, I think, took a lot of life out of the Packers. And what was funny about that play is they, they do a nine-yard completion to Bradshaw, and then there was an incomplete pass over the middle, and the Giants have no timeout. So why they were throwing the ball over the middle, I have no idea, but 
thankfully it was at the feet of Ballard because if he had caught it, the half would have ended. And then, uh, then on the next two plays, they were running plays. Again, 15 seconds left with no time on the clock. One, one was an inside run, and then the other one was, a, was an outside run that, that Bradshaw um, well, cut back. And on the first one, Green Bay called a timeout for some reason. I have no idea why they called a timeout, but if they had not called a timeout there, again, the half ends. So there, there was a little luck involved, too. Now, Bradshaw wasn't luck. He, he, he did that all on his own, and he got over there. But I was a little shocked to see the Giants actually kind of running out the clock after they, they kind of got into an area where, you know, another completion sets them up for a field goal. Bradshaw does his thing, and then that puts him up by 10. That was huge. So a lot, a lot of credit to the Giants doing it, but a little, little bit of luck there as well, too. But I thought the defense really, as, as the game progressed, they played better and better. They got, they got, finally got to Rodgers. They got four sacks. Um, they were forcing fumbles. And you could see the frustration just mounting on, 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 on Rodgers' face in the face of his receivers. And I, I, at that point, that's when I felt real good about the game. Yeah, and JPP declared last week that they, he guaranteed them winning the game. And I just thought that it seemed very familiar to what we heard uh, a bunch of years ago when the Giants were in that Super Bowl run where the fans, it seemed like the Giants were way more confident than the fans were on their abilities to win these games against tough opponents. And I love the fact that the Giants had to go to Lambeau and play the Green Bay Packers and play Aaron Rodgers because I think if you do win a game like that, all it does is give you confidence where you could probably win anywhere, you know, and, and you didn't have to play New Orleans. And, and who knows, the talk will always be there whether the Giants could go beat the Saints because they haven't had any luck against Sean Payton and Drew Brees. But the fact of the matter is, they're going to play San Francisco, and I think after winning these last two games in the playoffs, you know, the dominance with the defense, because if you count out those two bad calls, and I mean the fumble that was really botched up, right. but also the Ozzy, you know, uh, the Ozzy call, the, the roughness call, yep. the Packers don't even get their two touchdowns. So That's I right. think, you know, even though you can't think like that, you know, I think the Giants' defense is thinking like that, going, wow, we I held a so great too. Aaron Rodgers, and it just has to give them more and more confidence. And to go back to what you were talking about with the Hail Mary just before the half. And all you heard about going into this week was, oh, maybe there's destiny with the Giants, and they're the hot team like Green Bay was last year. And I agree with you. Green Bay is walking into the locker room. If the Giants get these miracle couple, you know, couple of plays in a row, and not only does it have to do something to the Giants' psyche thinking, wow, we think that this really is our time, and we think that it's going to happen. But Green Bay, because they went on that run last year, they see this stuff happening to them. I thought it really, really brought them down. And coming into the second half, I think the Giants have done a brilliant job the last two weeks in the second half with closing out games. And I think that's when you're really going to see the Giants pass rush, especially this week. I think in the second half is where they, really where they get ferocious. Yeah, and closing out games defensively, but closing out games offensively, too. This game could have gotten real tight again. When You know, they, they get that um, BS roughing the passer call on, on OCU Manure that keeps that drive alive when they go down and score. It's a 10-point game with five minutes left. And um, they they recover the and the Giants get the onside kick back, but again it looks like it looks like the Giants are going to have to punt with again ten minute uh, about um, a ten point lead with uh, I think at that point there was probably about four or five minutes left. Not impossible for Rodgers. Again, it would have it would have taken a heck of a comeback, but that team if any team can do it, that team can do it. 
Eli in third and 11 completes the pass to Victor Cruz. They keep the clock running, and then they finally get the ground game going, and they and they they put the nail, uh, you know, in the heart of, of the Packers. There, that was the, that was that that was it. Those two runs, and they score the touchdown. They go up by 17. So they're finishing up games offensively like they've done all year, and like what you just said, now they're finishing up games defensively. They're they're getting sacks at the end. They got the interception. Um, they got a sack on the OC play. Um, or the hit on the OC play, and it was it was it was third, and it should have been fourth and ten, and the officials chimed in. So they're finishing up games both ways now, and that's great. And on special teams, they recover the two onside kicks. Yes, so. and, and and physical, they've been the much more physical team the last couple of weeks, Eric. Yes. and and what I want to compliment this team on is the mental toughness, and I'll tell you why. At home, fans watching the game, and they saw how bad these calls were. And these are game-changing calls, Eric. I mean, there were two huge calls at huge points of the game where it, oh, gave, sure. it gave the Packers a first down. And you didn't see Tom Coughlin or any of the Giants team get too crazy, even though they were really, I mean, awful calls that were just, you know, when after Ozzy gets called, you can easily see him erupting that he didn't go after the head. And I just love the mental... Uh, the mental toughness that the Giants had these last couple of weeks. And I love that you're not seeing Jacobs dance in the end zone after he scores the, the touchdown in the fourth. So I really want to compliment Coughlin and the team because, you know, us fans are yelling at home and I'm going crazy, you know, watching the game because, you know, it, it just seems like, you know, everything the Giants do, the refs maybe are trying to take it away from. But you never see the Giants, you know, handle it in a bad way. And, and, and that's really, I think, something – that all these fans and everybody, you know, we should really appreciate that because it's got to be hard when you think you hold Aaron Rodgers and you're doing such a great job and you pretty much the game's over and then you get called for a roughing. I mean, you could easily go a little crazy on the sidelines, and they did a great job. Yeah, and that fumble in the first half led to seven points, and that and you made a great point. That, that, that's a game-changing um, mistake there. I mean, that really that, – that, that fumble was – the overturn that was, or I guess they didn't overturn it. That's so inexcusable. Um, that's that's why I think most Giants fans are just furious this week, even though we won the game, because you can't do that in an NFC. I mean, in, in a playoff game like that, that that's just un, unforgivable. And had the Giants lost this game, that play would have just been one one that we would have thought about for years, and that. It's just a terrible, terrible mistake by the officials. And as you said, the Giants maintained their composure. They didn't let it bother them. Um, the, you know, when you think about it, if you take away that 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 play, the Giants get the ball back in great field position, and then the Packers only really score three points in the first half. So it was a huge play in the game, and thankfully it didn't come back to haunt them. Um, and I'm, I'll get off the officiating now, but that that you just can't. I mean, the, we worried about the officials last week, and and now and you can see why because that was that was just as bad as it gets because the instant replay was supposed to uh, rectify mistakes like that. It was clearly a fumble from multiple angles, and they just didn't overturn it. Yeah, and it's not to hark on the on the officials because now it's been almost a week since this game happened. I just wanted to give credit, you know, for the for the mental toughness that the yeah. Giants showed us and their physical toughness and on the defensive side of the ball you get you know Bowley's playing tremendous and Chase Blackburn with a heads up play and he just picks up the ball and runs it to the four yard line and just I just like everything I'm seeing out of the Giants right now just mentally physically and they just seem like a well-oiled machine right now who have a lot of confidence at the right time of year and your leaders have been to this spot before 
So your leaders know what it takes to win on the road. And I mean, Eli Manning, Justin Tuck, and Tom Coughlin, and they're leading the way. And it just looks like even the new guys are believing this and buying into, you know, I don't mind Antro Roll saying that, you know, we're the best team and JPP guaranteeing victory because I would rather have, have a team have a lot of confidence no matter where they played than go into going, oh, we're just lucky to be here. We're just lucky to be here. Because, you know, and not to go back on my, my you know, the hate, the hate that I have for the Jets, but you know what? All I heard, all I heard the last two years of how proud this team was to go to the uh, the AFC Championship game. So if the Giants sat back and said, "Well, if we have Rex Ryan and the Jets standards, then just by getting this to this game this week, we're the greatest team in the world." But as Giants and Giant fans know, that you don't celebrate coming in second or third place while you're there, and the carrot is in front of you. You know, as much as you want to celebrate your achievement getting there, you still have to win the big prize. And I think the leaders on this team are very focused on that prize. Yeah, and what what really, something that you said that really struck with me too was, is this, is you expect um, guys like Eli Manning and Justin Tuck and Yuma Nura and, and Bradshaw, guys who who went to the dance before. They they Back in 2007, they were on this team. But there aren't a lot of those guys left on this team. I think there's about 14 or 15 of them at most. Um, what's impressing me is the guys that are now, the younger guys that are on this team who are making big plays and are such a big part of it. And this doesn't seem to be too big for them. This, you know, these are, these, are, these are the biggest games these players have played in their entire lives. These are huge games and nerves can play you know all kinds of havoc with a player but you're seeing Hakeem Nix playing his best football right now Uh, four touchdowns in two playoff games Victor Cruz admitted he was a little bit nervous in the Atlanta game but he's coming through with key third down catches um, all you know all day against Green Bay uh, Mario Manningham is is making is making catches and you're seeing guys on defense and, and guys on offense that have never been in games of this of this magnitude against teams that they're not supposed to beat like Green Bay at Lambeau. And that's, that's what's really um, heartening, not just for this year, but going forward in future seasons that these guys are really getting some, some awesome playoff experience. And hopefully this finishes with a, with a Super Bowl title, but they're, they, they are playing in some monstrous games right now. And getting valuable experience, and they're they're and the, see these young guys come through like this it is great. Absolutely, Eric, and you can't get any bigger than this. Going to San Francisco to renew this playoff rivalry that the Giants have against 49ers. Some really great games on both sides, on the Giants side and on the San Francisco side. You know, just ask Trey Junkin. But you know, we're <laughs> gonna <laughs> one week at a time, and we're gonna come back. And we're gonna preview the NFC Championship game on Football NYC's Big Blue Breakdown podcast. Joe Cal and Eric Kennedy. We're back. YesNetwork.com's award-winning coverage includes blogs and columns from the pros who have their pulse on New York sports. It's truly a one-stop source for all of the best videos, news, and information on the web. That's all at YesNetwork.com. Welcome back to the Big Blue Breakdown. Once again, here are Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy. Welcome back to Football NYC's Big Blue Breakdown Podcast. Joe Cal along with Eric Kennedy from the Big Blue Interactive website, the number one Giants fan message board going. And to go back to something you were saying in the last segment, Eric, when I preview and I look at this NFC Championship game, sure we're going to talk about the defense of the 49ers and Alex Smith, but I think the biggest intangible may be something that you brought up in the last segment. 
And you mentioned that there's a handful of Giants players, or even more than a handful, that have been in big game experience before, that have won the ultimate prize, that have traveled on the road and won playoff games. And if you look at it on the flip side, the 49ers haven't been to the playoffs in about 45 years, okay? This is the first time many of these players, maybe all of them, have been in a situation like this. And it may hit them, whether it be before the game, when they see the NFC Championship logo there, maybe when they see the trophy waiting for them in the hallways, maybe when it's one half left, knowing that they're so close to the Super Bowl. I think that that's what's going to get the Giants, Eli Manning, Tom Coughlin, and everybody that's been in this situation over the top with something that you brought up in the last segment, and I think it's a great intangible being in the big game before. I think other than the advantage at quarterback, I think it's the, it's the number one advantage the Giants have this week because, and it does tie into the quarterback again, but, Het, but Coughlin's been here, Manning's been here, and again, there's a number of, there's not a lot of them, but they're at key positions. They're at running back, there's offensive linemen here, they're defensive linemen that went through this before. And this this game we know is not too big for them because they went into Super Bowl 42 against the 18 and 0 Patriots and and, and they ended that you know this 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 is not this is a big game but this this isn't a huge stage for them they've done this before and I think Jim Harbaugh has done a fantastic job but again he's going against Tom Coughlin who has had. You know he's been in these positions before, and Alex Smith is a guy that you've got to think he's going to be. He's got to be feeling a little bit nervous about this game, and and a lot of the 49ers. This is, as you said, they they may see that logo or at some moment in this game, they're they're you know this is this is um, the nerves will probably kick in for them, and I think it's a huge advantage. I talked about it in my game preview, and I think the calming influence that Coughlin and Manning have will just filter down throughout this entire team. And if this game is close in the fourth quarter, and it might not be, you know, the Giants the Giants may, may this game may be a little bit easier than some people think, but if this game is close in the fourth quarter, um, I would go with Coughlin and Manning in this situation just because because of the experience factor. Yes, and by no, ma- no way am I taking away any credit from what the 49ers have done thus far, and it was a wonderful game against the Saints last week and just the, 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 the drive that Alex Smith puts together and, and, and Davis and the catches that they're made and the coaching decisions to go for a touchdown rather than settle for a field goal and go to overtime. Believe me, I'm not taking any credit away. I think that they've done a wonderful job, but every step closer you get to the Super Bowl and to the big prize, if you haven't been there before, you know, us as Giant fans way back, we were thinking, all right, we won against the number one seed in Dallas. What's next? Oh, my God, we have to go to Green Bay and face a legend in Favre. And then you beat Favre. What's waiting for you? Oh, let's see, only the most perfect team that's ever taken the field in football before. So, you know, just by, just just because the Giants handled it that way, you know, four years ago doesn't mean every team can handle no. it that way. Yeah. So I think there's a lot more pressure on San Francisco hosting the game and I just think that the Giants are in a wonderful position. Now, David Akers is a guy that's been there before. So if it comes down to a field goal, you know, if I'm the 49ers, I have no problem with David Akers. I'm not nervous about him kicking a game-tying or a game-winning field goal. But, uh, sure, I mean, I think that's a very important intangible. And you didn't hear anything out of the Giants after the Green Bay game about guarantees. They all just went into how much they respected 
the 49ers and how much they respected their quarterback and their coach. So you didn't hear guarantees this week, but I think the Giants have to be going there being pretty confident. And I like that because the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to lose the game and you're going to be eliminated from the playoffs and you never know when you're going to get to the spot again. But you know what? Up until that time, I think you should go in with full confidence, knowing that you're going to win the game, thinking that you're going to go to the Super Bowl, because you don't ever want that loser mentality. You know what? It's better for me to go out there, stand toe-to-toe, and get beaten like a man than be defeated before I even step in the ring. Yeah, and there's been a little bit of chirping with the Giants this week, but but not not quite as much as last week. But, I, you know, you can tell that they think they're going to win this game, and I, I, that's a good thing. I, I, I grew up on, you know, with Bill Parcells being the coach, and I'm a little bit more used to players biting their tongues and not saying anything, but times have changed, and these guys, you know, they're on the NFL Network and on ESPN, and they, they, can't, they can't seem to help themselves anymore. But, uh, you know, they – the irony of, of the playoff football is the farther you get into it, the more painful it is when you lose. And they don't want to lose these next two games. And uh, they, if you look at the four remaining teams, you can make the argument that the Giants are the most complete team of the four. Now, they have to bring their A game. They've got to play well. We saw the Packers. The Packers didn't bring their A game, and you can see what happens when you, when you don't play well. Um, the other team can get back in it, but you know they. And I'm sure we'll get into the matchups. But when you look 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 at the at the at the 49ers roster and you look at the Giants roster, there are some key differences there that you think give the Giants an advantage in this game. But they got to go out there and they got to do it. Yeah, and and we've heard all about the weather this weekend, how it's going to be a monsoon. And, you know, sometimes you see the weather report, it says 30% chance of rain, 10-mile-an-hour 10, 10 winds. You know, it is what it is. You know, you're going to go out there and you're going to play the game and maybe you'll have something to talk about the next day why one team didn't win or one team won because of the weather. But you really can't worry about that until you get there. And I really don't think the Giants are focused on that. And Eli Manning had a uh, stomach illness uh, in the middle of the week. And, you know, David Carr takes some snaps. But uh, it looks like he's going to be fine for the game. And the Giants come into the game fairly healthy. And, you know, I think there has to be a lot of confidence on the offensive side of the ball with what Hakeem Nix is doing and Cruz and Manningham late in the games and and just, you know, how the running game just seems to get going in, in the last part of the game. And on the defensive side of the ball, all, if I'm a defensive player, all I need to do is look back on the last couple of weeks and what they did. I don't care if they played the Atlanta Falcons. I don't care if they played, you know, what they did on defensive side of the ball by shutting out the Falcons in the playoffs and then the job they did against Aaron Rodgers and this great offense that we heard, you know, all about the whole year. I just think the Giants' defense deserves to be confident going into this game. And you know what? If, if Alex Smith stands back there and makes the Giants look bad, so be it. But uh, you know what? You're only as good as your last game played, and I think the Giants were given a task of going to Lambeau Field, and I thought they did a wonderful job. So, you know, I'm just hoping the focus stays there for this week. The carrot is definitely still still there, and I just hope Coughlin reminds them, maybe Eli reminds them of what the feeling was when they did win the Super Bowl four years ago. I mean, it's just it has to be the most overwhelming thing in your life, and it's just it's right there for the taking. So. You know, I'm just hoping they have the same mentality. Yeah, it's hard to believe that this team, sick with it six and six, is now is now one game from the Super Bowl and two games from from another Lombardi Trophy. I, I think the key, really, in, in the 49er game on defense is is obviously Frank Gore and and then you know stopping the run and then Vernon Davis in the passing game because he had that monster game against the Saints. If you look at the 49er offense. They really only throw the ball to two people, um, Crabtree at wide receiver and Vernon Davis. 
they're, they by far are the leading receivers. And the third leading receiver on the team only has 20 catches. They, they, they throw to those two guys. Now, what they did last week against the Saints is they threw to Frank Gore as well. They threw to him seven times. So I think, you know, they've played some teams in recent weeks like the Cowboys and, and, and like, like the Packers that have a lot of receivers and a lot of weapons. I don't think the, Saint, uh, the 49ers have as many weapons, so I think it'll be a little bit easier for them to concentrate on a guy like a Vernon Davis, but they've got to stop that run. The advantage that the, the uh, 49ers have is they've got a re- very talented offensive line, and the Giants are just going to have to play physical and be tough. That's the one thing that you've heard all week. You heard even Chris Canny talk about it. it's going to be a bloodbath, and that, that's what he's getting at. This is going to be a hard-hitting physical football game, and the Giants are going to have to buckle up their chin strap and play tough. And if they they stop the run and, and they can keep Davis under control, they the defense might really have an Atlanta Falcon-type performance in that Falcon game. They, they, I, I'm not predicting a shutout here, but they 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 don't have the 49ers don't have a lot of things to scare you offensively now defensively on the other side of the ball that's that's where the 49ers scare you and the, the, we we saw what they can do even against an elite team like the Saints um, they force turnovers they they they're very physical they'll they'll smash you in the mouth and I you know if I'm the Giants I, I'm not even playing around with the run early in the game. I know you've got to stay balanced, but I, I go after that secondary. I think that secondary is a bit overrated. Um, you know, I try to get up on them fast, and I, you know, I, I think if you got Victor Cruz and and Hakeem Nix and Mario Manningham and, and Eli Manning, they can go down the field. The, the absolute key to that that strategy, though, is you got to protect Eli. They've got their, the, the defense on the 49ers is excellent at rushing the passer. If they can keep Eli upright and Eli can avoid that rush, I think they're going to make some big plays down the field. So I, I think those are the two keys on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and my feeling is with the game plan is anytime you play on the road in a huge game like this, you want to do what they we talked about last week, and that is at the beginning of the game, you don't want their offense to start rolling. I mean, you're going to see quick slants. You're going to see Crabtree on slants. You're going to see Alex Smith getting rid of the ball early, just like we saw the last two teams do on the first couple of drives against the Giants because you want to avoid the Giants' pass rush. Now, you know, I wouldn't even get crazy if the if the 49ers scored on their first couple of possessions because I think they're going to come out, they're going to be excited, and I just think the Giants have the defense where they'll settle in at some point and I think the pass rush always shows up in the second half of these games. I was telling a lot of people when we were watching the game against Green Bay that the Giants' pass rush, you always see them in the second half. The second half is when you're going to see them. And I just think if the Giants can keep it close defensively in the first half, I have a lot of confidence in Eli. Not that he's going to light up the board, you know, uh, but I do think that if you need 14, Eli will get 15. If you need 16, Eli's going to go for 17. So I, that's all I really going to say about the offensive side of the ball. I just think that if you keep the game close, Eli's going to get you at least close to where you want to be, or he's going to get you there. Yeah. And on the and defensive side of the ball, just keep it close from the early onslaught because you know they're going to be really excited to be at home, and I think the defense could really control the game in the second half. Yeah, I think they got to watch out for trick plays, too. I think we saw it in the first 49er-Giants game with the onside kick, and the, 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 the advantage that the 49ers have in this game is their special teams are the best in the NFL. They're really good, and the Giants' special teams have played much better this year and the Giants have to hope that they can just—they don't get killed in that in that phase of the game. And 
you know, I don't think necessarily they might try another onside kick, but you got to watch out for a fake punt, fake field goal. If if the Har- Jim Harbaugh feels that his team doesn't match up with the Giants, that they've got to do something a little bit tricky to to stay in this game. I I wouldn't put it past him. He's that kind of coach, and 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 on offense too. So where you you were getting at is you know if they start off fast, what I'd really watch out early for early for is a trick play, a flea flicker, a halfback pass, some sort of some sort of misdirection, something that that you know the Giants are going to want to get after the quarterback and they're going to try to take advantage of that. That's what I or the run or stop the run. I would be a little bit careful not to be too aggressive early on defense because I think they're going to try something. And and if that blows up in the 49ers face, that could be terribly deflating for them as well too. The and on the pass rush side, the only thing that concerns me is the field conditions. Everyone's talking about, you know, the field could be a problem for Eli in the passing game. I don't think it's going to be so much a problem for the passing game. I, usually what a, a bad field will do is it will slow down your pass rush. And Chris Collinsworth has talked about it this week and some other um, pundits. And, and, you know, that, that can hurt the 49ers too because they've got, they've got a good pass rush. I just want, the only thing I hope is that field doesn't get too out of hand because that's where you might see a guy like JPP and Tuck and Yumanyora. They might not be able to get to the quarterback as quickly as they normally do. So we'll have to see because this weather stuff is crazy. A lot of times they think it's going to be awful and it's not as bad. Um, but ultimately it's that field because that field I think is actually at sea level or a little below sea level. And it's, and it's going to be interesting to see how it keeps up as the game goes along and, and you know it gets torn up a little bit. Well, Eric, we have come a long way, my friend, in our first year of doing the Big Blue Breakdown podcast. You know, <laughs> a month and a half ago, we're talking about a 500 team and coach getting fired and disappointments, and now we have the possibility of previewing the Giants in the Super Bowl. So, you know what? As a Giant fan, I'm truly enjoying this ride. I'm loving the intensity that I see out of the Giants. I'm loving the way they're playing right now, and you really can't be happier the last month of the Giants and, and what they've given to their fans. So, We'll see if it carries over into the NFC Championship game, and the carrot is right there. It's The goal is right there, and we'll see how they come out and play this weekend. And Until then, my friend, enjoy the game on Sunday. I know your stomach will be turning just like mine will. <laughs> Let's hope for Gary Reasons to pop back in with that fake punt and take us down to near the goal line again, or Mark Bavaro dragging some guys in San Francisco, or even Eric Howard stripping a ball out here and there. Let's bring up the ghosts of the past, and uh, we'll do it again hopefully next week, my friend. And uh, you have a good time this week and enjoy the games. Yep, go Giants. All right. Until next week, folks, keep coming back to YesNetwork.com for all of your football needs. For Eric Kennedy, this is Joe Callow, the Giants' Big Blue Breakdown podcast on YesNetwork.com.